0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John.
1: Glory Glory to you, Lord.
0: On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written, that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. once again and good morning and welcome as we come together on this beautiful day and a beautiful Sunday, Divine Mercy Sunday. Some of you old timers, and I include myself among them, uh, remember this Sunday having many different names, one of which was Low Sunday. Anybody here remember? low sunday or am i getting to be another generation too far from (laughs) low sunday you know i often wondered and in fact did some research to find out why in the world was it called low sunday and only recently did i find something but it was very unsatisfying answer because it simply said well after all the celebrations of easter this is just kind of a normal sunday again Uh, Well, that's not, (laughs) no wonder nobody knows the name Low Sunday. (laughs) Had some other interesting names, too. Uh, One of them from the Middle Ages was Quasimodo Sunday. Ever heard that word, Quasimodo? You remember the hunchback of Notre Dame. Might have seen the movie, read the book. The hunchback's name was Quasimodo and I'm sure that name was chosen for a certain reason. The Latin words mean as newborn babes, as newborn infants, quasi-modo-infantes. And the words are the opening Latin words of the introduction, the uh, opening antiphon of the mass, as newborn babes, a reference to the newly baptized last Sunday, uh, of course, in the church. The, all the candidates from RCIA uh, were baptized, and I'm sure there were some here at uh, St. Cecilia as well, as newborn babes, and all of us, of course, uh, likewise in that entrance antiphon we sing, because it refers to all of us who have received that great sacrament. In fact, an important sacrament on this Divine Mercy Sunday because that sacrament introduces us and baptizes us into that reconciliation and love of God. The Sunday, Divine Mercy, every year, this second Sunday, again, has could be the first Sunday after Easter, it could be the second Sunday of Easter, whatever. But we read the same gospel, the same gospel of what we call today sometimes Doubting Thomas. You know, whenever I say those words, I think he shudders in heaven and probably doesn't look forward to this Sunday at all <laughs> from the heavenly. But. At the same time, we call him the downy and yet he expressed the most exalted title of Jesus: "My Lord and My God." The Sunday, of course, that reading contains all sorts of things, and so I'm going to preach for about a half hour, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I learned many years ago, keep it short get to the point, let's go. So, I'm going to make five points, but they're short, and they're fairly simple, at least on the surface. But anything, anything in the Gospel of John is never just on the surface. One of my professors once expressed the opinion that the Gospel of John is like an onion, layer after layer, you go deeper and deeper and deeper not too difficult to understand just on the surface level but once you go deeper and in fact there is no bottom the beautiful theology of the gospel the most christological the highest we call high and low christology depending on the image that is given of jesus and john is a high Christology, the gospel that very explicitly refers to Jesus as divine. And so this gospel, you know, on the surface, you read, for example, on the evening of that first day of the week. Hmm. Okay. But with John, there's always something more. First day of the week, of course, it's Easter. Easter night. Night. Night light is always important in the gospel of john when it says it's evening that is a little signal in the gospel of john that jesus is not present this is before of course his appearance it's night it's dark it everything we think about in darkness and so you always take note and especially the resurrection itself on the morning of the first day of the week. A new creation in the beginning as the gospel starts, in the beginning at the resurrection, and so on and so forth. The five little points I want to make. The first is the greeting, the greeting of Jesus in the gospel today. What does he say? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. It is repeated three times. That means something. Once again with John, it means there's something afoot here. It could be, just on the surface again, it was a typical greeting of Jews to each other. Shalom, shalom. You know, the word Jerusalem, the word Salem, (laughs) Salem, Oregon, the root is shalom, peace, city of peace, city of David. Peace be with you. So what is it? What is it? Why does John repeat that three times? Again, on the surface, it means that fear is present. Peace be with you. A reference to the fear of the disciples behind locked Doors in the darkness. Peace be with you. And it says that the apostles are afraid for fear of the Jews. For fear of the Jews. What could that mean? It means that the Jewish authorities had for the arrest and the death of Jesus. The disciples huddled together are in fear that the same thing is going to happen to them. Weren't you one of his disciples? No. Didn't we see you with the Nazarene. No. Denial. Jesus. But yes, they were with him. And maybe the same thing is going to happen to them as happened to Jesus. Which brings us to the other fear, the Romans. Only the Romans could do, perform capital punishment. The Jewish leaders may have wanted him dead, but they had no power to do that. The Romans were in charge. The Roman authorities in Jerusalem. You know, Palestine, Israel, and whatever it was called at the time, Jerusalem was under the thumb of the Roman authorities. It was just a vassal state. Sadly, the Jewish nation had been under the thumb, well, (laughs) virtually most of its existence, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, the Romans. They looked forward to a time of a new king. Are you the king of the Jews? A threat to Caesar himself. The Romans wouldn't put up with this. Jesus was crucified by the Romans. And thus once again, and he was crucified because they were afraid he would disturb the stability of Jerusalem. They wouldn't stand for anyone to disturb. Herod, Herod was just a puppet authority of the Romans. He stayed in power because the Romans let him. And of course he profited himself. Fear of the Jews, fear of the Romans. The disciples huddled together in the darkness of that upper room. And the second point I want to make is that there is a very human and personal element here. A very human and personal element here. And that is that the disciples had abandoned Jesus. When Jesus was arrested, what happened to the disciples, the apostles? They fled. That is an important element in this whole scene. And here's how you have to think about it. Let's say you have a best friend that you're with, and for some reason, your best friend is arrested and taken away to jail, arrest, whatever it is, and you turn and run the other way. And he might look back, or she, well, what happened? How would you feel? Let's say that person comes back. You run into him at Fred Meyer or whatever. You probably turn the corner quickly and run. Why? Shame? You abandoned that frame, friend. Humiliation? What got into Why did I do that? Fear, how that person might react to you. That's what's happening here. The disciples abandoned Jesus. And now, of all the luck, he's standing right in front of us against all odds, really. He was dead, he was in the grave. How could he be here? What are we going through? And so, the disciples probably with mouth open, fearing what was going to take place, what did Jesus say? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. No retaliation, no words of accusation, no recrimination, no anger, only love, only love. Peace be with you. And third, the importance of Jesus showing his hands and his feet and his wounded side. Why does he do that? To make them feel bad? No, Jesus can't do anything like that. Well, he could, but God is love. He shows them his hands and feet and wounds To show that he is the same person who was crucified on that cross. And now stands before you. The same person, but different. You know, we describe the resurrected Lord. It's difficult for us to describe because it's something completely beyond our understanding. The same but different. He is the resurrected Lord, the glorified Lord. He has just risen from the dead. Bodily. That's difficult for us to understand. You know, people think, well, he was kind of a spirit, or he was kind of this, or their imaginations, or their memories. No, body, physical body, present, glorified body in front of them. See my hands and my feet and my wounded side. And fourth, the apostles what does Jesus say once he says, Peace be with you? Receive the Holy Spirit. They are sent on mission. The Father sent Jesus. On mission with power not just preaching we have to remember Jesus performed miracles of power mostly healing he had a very special love for the sick and that sick could be physical emotional spiritual any kind the power to heal And now, at this moment, Easter night, he gives that same power to the apostles. The power to perform miracles, not just forgiveness of sin, which is a miracle in itself. But remember that what it said in that first reading is so striking. Where is that? It says. Oh, this is just the gospel. I'll leave it at that. It says that Peter, even his shadow, they would put the sick in front of him as as he walked by and the shadow, the shadow itself could heal. You know, Jesus says in the gospel that the apostles will do great works, even greater than him, Jesus. the power. Now, ultimately, it's not just these apostles. We need to think of the church. Jesus has given the power and the mission, his own and that of the Father, to the church. You know, we ask ourselves, why does the church exist? Why do we have a church? like social and have coffee and donuts and (laughs) whatever else. No, it continues the mission of Jesus Himself with all the power and the glory that comes from it. Continuing the mission of Jesus. And part of that mission, whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Remember the gospel? pharisees said who can forgive sins only god who but god can forgive sins that power given to the church and continues today not you know so many people take advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation but it's there power to forgive sins we need to remember it too and uh, there's plenty of evidence when you look at it the church doesn't just preach it heals as well and there are plenty of examples of that the power of jesus despite the infidelity and the abandonment of the disciples given to them. And that first reading showing the apostles, the next day or whatever, went out to the portico of the temple, preaching and healing. Jesus still present with us through the ages and today. The very last point, you're probably wondering, is this? homily ever going to come to an end. (laughs) One last point, and it's kind of the climax. The climax of the whole reading, and that, of course, is Thomas. You know, the church fathers, many centuries ago, give thanks for Thomas the doubter. They said, no, he's good. He's good for us. And the reason is that who hasn't doubted Many have left the church. Many doubt the resurrection. They think, well, it's a spiritual kind of, thing. I don't know what it is, you know. Thomas is you and me with the Lord before us. And he comes to belief, even as we do, under whatever circumstances, touching the Lord in whatever way we do my Lord and my God. At first blush, the two words really are the same. The Greek for Lord, Kyrios, Kyrie eleison. Kyrios, meaning Lord, was used in the ancient world. In fact, Caesar himself, one of his titles was Kyrios. Lord, he was divine. Remember the Caesars and all that. But important for us is about 200 years before Jesus, the Old Testament was translated into Greek, the Greek world. The, the Jews had been spread throughout the Mediterranean world. They spoke Greek. And so the Old Testament, the Torah, as we call it, was translated into Greek. And when they came to the name of God, course, they never said the name of God. In the Hebrew they simply said Adonai. But the name that God gave to us, the from Moses and Sinai, I am who I am, Yahweh, that was translated Kyrios. And everyone knew that. When Thomas says, my Lord, Kyrios, and my God. It expresses the divinity of Jesus in the clearest possible way. And thus, Divine Mercy Sunday, the great gift of God's love, mercy, and reconciliation, in a sense we're left speechless, except for that beautiful responsorial that I will conclude with. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting.